0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart.
1: Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company,
0: Golden, Colorado.
1: What is up, Golden Knights fans? Thanks for listening to Golden Edge Podcast once again. We appreciate all of you. We are back in studio. The luxurious podcast studios here at the Las Vegas review Journal. Adam Hill and Ben Goats bringing you everything you need to know about the Golden Knights. And we appreciate all of you listening, commenting, sharing, all of those things that you do up on social media and wherever you find your podcast. Keep doing that. Keep sharing it, liking it, and all those things. And uh, we will keep bringing you all this fantastic content from what is going on out with the Golden Knights. From our videos, our podcasts, our stories, everything else at ReviewJournal.com. Adam Hill and Ben Goats, as I said. And Ben... It is it is time of that it's that time of year for rest for the Golden Knights. They are gearing up for the playoffs. Almost have clinched a playoff spot. They could do that tonight as we speak here on Tuesday afternoon. But really, it's
0: it's rest time for everybody. Even you, you got some rest. How are you feeling? I'm feeling really good. You know, quick weekend in uh, Florida with the significant other. We had a very good time relaxing on the beach.
1: Saw some photos. It looked very very exciting.
0: We are a very good Instagram couple. We. Photo bomb other people's Instagrams. That's why we're good at it. Uh, So I'm like feeling really ready to go for this playoff run here after that. So you are rested. The Golden Knights are trying to get
1: some rest right now. I think it is that it's that time of year because we've talked about this for a while. They've pretty much locked themselves into the third spot, even though San Jose has completely fallen apart and they've opened the door a little bit for the Golden Knights uh, to make a little bit of a run. Calgary has pretty much clinched the top spot, although, you know, they're kind of having trouble putting it away as well. Uh, but the Golden Knights seem to be settled in where they're going to be in the third spot unless they can make a run here and catch San Jose. And even then you just flip-flop where games one and two are and who has the home ice advantage. So it's kind of that time of year to rest a little bit. And we've really started to see that kind of a rotation of, all right, Marc-Andre Fleury, we know he's been resting with the baby coming and quote-unquote lower body injury. But now you're starting to see some guys rotating and out even Valentin Zikoff's getting time as other guys
0: get a chance to rest. This is
1: an interesting time of year.
0: It definitely is. So they're kind of doing what I think we thought they might be doing at this point of year, but it's interesting to me to see them actually putting it in action because I think it's one thing for the two of us to be here in this podcast studio and say, hey, they got not that much to play for right now. Let's rest some guys. You know, Let them get off probably some tired legs. Let them heal up. Put some ice on some bumps and bruises. As we uh, said yesterday, you had no Marc-Andre Fleury, you had no pierre Edward Belmar, you had no Max Pacioretty, and then no Shea Theodore, who uh, Gerard Gallant said woke up from his nap and wasn't feeling well. Don't we all? Really?
1: Re- First of all, naps sound glorious. Oh, they're I, great. I, I'm all down with that. Are you a nap guy? Not a big nap guy, but when I do, that's usually quite pleasant. I want to be. I just don't, I never find the time to actually do it. I know, where's the time, you know? It sounds glorious, though, just in the, because sleeping is great. And then you can do it in the middle of the day. That sounds awesome.
0: Yeah, and pregame naps are a very important thing, as we know, for the Golden Knights. Even Gerard Gallant gets a pregame and nap in. He does. He, he's
1: talked about that. So the nap is always good unless you wake up and don't feel well. And that's apparently what happened with Shea Theodore. Although, although I think that is, hey, let's get him a night off. Let's get right, a Exactly. a think I it's. I don't really buy into the not-so-subtle
0: not disguising there. Uh, they also had no Brain Peary yesterday. He's not on this current road trip with a lower body injury. And then I look at uh, our colleague Dave Shane's practice report from today. Did he get a nap? Oh, I have to ask Dave. I mean, he's been flying across the country. I would want to get some naps in. I certainly would. But uh, Belmar is back at practice today, and Tomas Nosek is now being held out potentially for rest purposes. Who knows? But it's really interesting to see this kind of lineup shuffle going on after a stretch where they were so, so dominant for so long to basically put themselves in this position where most everything is locked up.
1: Now, I know on, you know, the other day when we were talking to Jargalant about some of the rest that guys are getting and, you know, getting some guys' rest down the stretch, he said, I don't like to call it rest. He said, there's guys that just have, like, minor bumps and bruises. We're making sure that they're healthy. But really, that's just semantics. Like, it's that's what rest is to kind of clean up some of those little issues. Uh, but I I think this seems like a good thing for the Golden Knights to be able to get some rest down the stretch to make sure everybody's fully healthy, ready to go for the postseason. But at the same time, there could be some concern about, you know, not just not being completely intense right now at this time of year. You're kind of relaxed and just kind of cruising into the playoffs. I don't know if that's ideal for gearing up for a long run, but – it's. I think there's good and bad both ways. Like it's not always ideal to be super intense and you know wear yourself out either. I think there's there's kind of a happy medium. They seem to be finding it by going, you know, you rest the day here, you rest the game here, you take these two games off. They, they seem to be in a comfortable place to be able to manage it this way.
0: They definitely are, especially after they came off of that stretch where they won ten out of eleven games right after acquiring Mark Stone at the trade deadline. And it's one of those things where look, like they uh, shut Mark Andre Fleury down with a lower body injury. I bet you could go to every single guy in that locker room and come up with a lower body injury for them because they've played a lot of hockey games. A lot of them. Yes. And hockey is a contact sport where you're going to pick up a lot of injuries throughout the course of the year. Not all of them that you're going to disclose or that are going to hamper you, you know, to the point that you can't play, but I'm sure all of them have nagging aches and pains throughout their body that, you know, they would appreciate a night off to just put an ice back on and watch from the press box or something like that. Yeah. But it will be interesting, as you said, to see whether this affects them in the long run. I'm one of those people that generally thinks these kind of stretches really don't affect you ultimately because we always judge it after the fact. You know, if they come out and lay an egg against San Jose, we'll all say they rested too much. Yeah. And the opposite would have happened if they had rolled into the playoffs. You know, I've continued this hot stretch yeah. and then lost to San Jose. We said, well, they went too hard. Yeah, and that's themselves why out. they peaked too early. Yeah. Of
1: course, it, <laughs> narrative narratives change based on results all the time. Like we see that so often in all sports of whatever you want the narrative to be, you can make it that, you know, based on on the result that happens. In the end, you just have to do what you think is best for your team. And right now, the, the Golden Knights feel uh, they need rest, especially, you know, Marc-Andre Fleury. We talked all season about his his usage and how much he's working. And the team always, you know, said, hey, he's fine. This is what he wants to do. He's got input in it and he wants to play. Uh, but right now seems to be a good time to shut it down, especially uh, with the baby, baby Jack coming, coming along. Uh, James, why did I say Jack? I don't know. I, I don't know
0: because I'm – I thought you were in kids, charge of Marc-Andre Fleury's kids, personal life. I'm, I'm disinterested in for
1: the most part. Uh, obviously, baby, flower, everybody is excited. It's James. James Flurry is the new child. I don't know why I call him Jack. Uh, but, yeah, James comes along and, you know, it's time for rest. I don't know how much rest you get as a new father uh that's that seems tricky although he said hey we've got a big house I've got places I could go to get naps and get rest in uh, while the baby's around but uh certainly it seemed like a good time for him uh even more so than than other guys right now to to kind of just sit back and and enjoy a little quiet time before the playoffs start
0: like I said we'll see how much quiet time he actually gets I don't know how much his wife will actually let him just go hide in a room for a couple hours while well, she has to deal with uh, now three kids well she- she
1: probably understands that the off-season's coming up. Like, that's his time to take care of the child. But right now, James is being – James, whatever he's – maybe he's a good kid and he's not crying that much.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how uh, to deal with uh, babies at this point in my life. <laughs> is that what makes a good baby, That does one that doesn't cry? I am 25 years old and feel uncomfortable answering this question. I feel that's what – I'm I, several steps away I feel from this being an issue in my life. All you want out of your child is to not cry.
1: Like, just be quiet
0: for a while, I feel like. I mean, you know, I have l- longer-term aspirations for my future children than just not crying. No, I think that would be it. I think that's pretty much it. Just, You'd be a very easy-to-please father. I don't care how you end up. Just don't cry when you're a baby. Like, leave me alone a little
1: bit. I feel like that's that's the key. Uh, but, yes, the, the baby is here. So Marc-Andre Fleury, we, we expect to play a little bit before the end of the season, uh, just to kind of get back and get sharp a little bit. But right now, getting much-needed much, much needed rest along with a bunch of other players uh, out on the team who have kind of rotated in and out of getting their rest. Uh, but the the playoff clinching game could happen at any moment. We mentioned they missed out on the opportunity. This is Tuesday. Last night, uh, they could have got in with a point. They didn't. Uh, if Arizona loses tonight, as we're speaking on uh, on this Tuesday afternoon, then uh, the Golden Knights would, would also be able to clinch or – Then when they take the ice tomorrow in Colorado, they have a chance to clinch. So plenty of opportunities, but it's only a matter of time. I don't think anybody's worried about them not making the playoffs uh, and and certainly not even falling down uh, to a wild-card spot. They're either third or second if they can somehow catch San Jose. Uh, How important in your mind is it? Because San Jose has been incredible at home this year, but not lately. No, they are struggling. They've lost four in a row at home, including one to the Golden Knights. Golden Knights go in there again uh, on Saturday night.
0: And the Golden Knights crushed them 7-3. They did and with Martin a, Jones uh, doing a real rough, uh, giving out a real rough performance. They're getting pulled very early on yeah, in that v- game.
1: Very early in the game, and I think what five of the five of the twelve times they played each other, he's been pulled. Incredible. It's been it's been ugly. Uh, so there was a time I thought Calgary was the much much better matchup uh, for the Knights, uh, but the way San Jose's playing right now, and Eric Carlson right now is not even skating every day anymore. He was for a while. Uh, So they still hope that he's going to be back, but they're a much different team without him. So if he's not back, all of a sudden San Jose maybe looks like the more favorable matchup. And even going up on the road there, where I think at one point they were 24-5, and now a couple losses in a row, they look a little bit more vulnerable. I don't think that's a matchup you hate, even if you have to play on the road.
0: No, absolutely not. And we talk about the Golden Knights quote-unquote limping into the playoffs because they're 0-1-1 in their last two after that you know incredible incredible stretch for them after the trade deadline san jose right now is truly truly limping into the playoffs i mean they are the definition of you know a wounded animal right now that you're wounded shark yeah there you go you can just i was gonna go with something like legal probably to hunt but if you want to go with uh Uh, i wasn't
1: saying hunting of sharks a shark can be wounded in many ways can't it
0: well, you know, I was just trying to go for a legal hunting analogy here.
1: Okay. If a, like, if a crab bites it, it's it's still, it's like wounded. I don't think it's like a, a huge problem. <laughs> Why would a crab bite it? Wouldn't it use its I mean, claws? Well, that's, and that's what I meant by biting. I, isn't, uh, there's, <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't the claws, the, uh, I don't think it's a bite. I think you could use your teeth and mouth to bite. I feel like that's how they bite. Like, pinch, maybe. Pinch is actually the proper word, Ben. Thank you for, uh, for getting me there. I'm not very up to date on my animal terminology. Pinch is definitely the right word.
0: Yeah, I'm the grandson of a biology teacher, so I would like to think he's very proud that's, that's of me right now as so, I continue my convoluted analogy. So, if a
1: shark got pinched by a crab, it's still kind of wounded. I think I think that's part that's part of it. It doesn't have to be hunted. I tried so hard
0: to get this back on track.
1: You can't. There's, it's not going to happen. <laughs> Sorry. It's just these aren't. It's this. T- it's that time of year. We're resting. The team's resting. That's how it goes. So,
0: how do, I mean, how do you feel about the team resting? Because you know, you don't try out. to go with a
1: normal question. I'm trying.
0: San Jose is only five points up, so I mean that's a lot because there's not a lot of games remaining. Right, but it's not insurmountable, well, especially with the way San Jose. San is San Jose playing.
1: is a wounded shark right now, Ben. And I don't like they. Uh, they have left the door open, so I, I think it's it was absolutely the right thing to say. Hey, listen, this is the matchup we're going to have. We're probably going to play on the road. Let's start to get some guys some rest. And, you know, try to figure it out. And by the way, the first couple of games of resting guys, they were still winning. Right. Uh, it was still part of that great stretch of games. But now uh, you rest a couple of guys against Detroit, come out flat, find a way to lose that game, which should be an absolute win. And and now all of a sudden, now you go on the road, lose the, lose to St. Louis. I, I'm fine with getting rest. I think you want to be fully healthy if that's possible. If you can shut guys down for two or three games and all of a sudden they're feeling a lot better, I think that's the, the absolute strategy, strategy to use. Uh, but I also, I think there is a danger of all right, let's take it, take it easy for a couple games let's let's uh, you know let's rest, let's make sure we're fully healthy and then you lose the edge, it might be tough to get back Now again we said narratives are what they are. this could happen and then they could play great and all of a sudden it's like, oh, that was the right thing to do. but if they don't play well in the playoffs, if they if they aren't sharp anymore like they were you know the last couple of weeks, all of a sudden this will be, hey, it was because they shut guys down they were resting, they couldn't get their edge back. And that's what happened. So I, I think it's you have to be careful about building a narrative either way. Like the playoffs are going to happen. Whatever happens in those in that scenario is going to happen. And I don't think you can come back to this and say, see, I told you, or it was right or wrong. It I don't think it's that relevant necessarily.
0: No, and I don't either. I think the bigger thing that will, you know, ultimately decide their fate is how some of these guys who aren't necessarily resting just by choice, who are resting with like legitimately you know, injuries, how that affects them. The big one, of course, being Max Pacioretty and how soon he will be able to come back and how soon will he be available to not just play but play well in the playoffs. Because I do think that could be a you know, very problematic domino for them if he's not available for that Shark Series or even, like, part of that Shark yeah, Series.
1: his injury is – because the other guys we're talking about, they don't seem to be much – like, I actually asked – the first game uh, pierre Edward Belmar missed – uh, I was actually talking to him about NCAA basketball, which he has no concept of. He just said, I don't even know what these people are talking about. It's very weird. Everybody's into this tournament. And, and then I just threw out like, hey, everything's good with you. You're fine. He said, yeah, yeah, of course, I'm fine. <laughs> like, there's nothing there. So, so I mean, his is incredibly minor if he's, you know, as long as he's telling the truth, which I have no reason to believe he's not. Uh, that's just a kind of a precautionary thing. And you mentioned uh, he was back out there uh, at practice. Um and, and it seems like all of these are minor, except Pacioretty's is very interesting. When it happened, I have no problem saying, I said, okay, he's done. Like, I'm just watching the injury, he's done. He's out for the year.
0: He went right back to the locker room, did not return. And, and
1: the lower body, which looked obviously like his leg. Right. Uh, looked like an, a knee issue. Uh, so right away, I said, yeah, he, he might be finished for the year. The next day, Gerard Gallant kind of admits that's what he thought, too, in a way. He said, it's not as bad as I thought it was last night. Now – we still haven't seen Max already. We don't know what that means. He's day to day, according to them, not week to week. Which is the that's when it's when it's week to week. You could just say you're, you're shut down. Like, They're done. You're done. Day to day, we'll see. It certainly didn't look encouraging, though. And we haven't seen him, so we don't know
0: where he's at. This is
1: a really really important one to monitor.
0: Right, and the thing that's an issue with him is just the time frame here, because of course, as we're sitting here right now. They've got a little bit more than a week left in the regular season. So that's not a lot of time for him to rehab, get back, and then potentially how much game time will he have to even kind of work through some kinks and get back to 100%. Because if you're him, you don't want to all of a sudden just rehab and then the first game back be thrown into a playoff game, which will be your most important game of the year. If you're the Knights, I think you have to be you know, at least hoping he can return for one of your last regular season games. So he can just kind of work out some of the kinks, get some of the cobwebs out of his head and his game. So that way he's feeling better going into the playoffs because what you don't want to have happen is him to work out some of the things that he will you know, have to go through just because that's what all injured players go through. Everyone says, hey, it takes a couple shifts. It takes maybe a game or two to feel like you're back in the flow of things. The last thing you want to do is him not be in the flow of things game one against the Sharks. He gets a turnover and they go the other way and score. Yeah, and so
1: and we've seen it. You know, Max Patchready obviously is uh, you know established scorer in the league. He's a very important player. Uh, you know, he's he's a great skater. Does a lot of things on both ends of the ice. And we've seen the impact that it has had on the team in that you know it changes up the line. Now the first line has just been on a great run. They're, they're still together, although they were kind of mixing things up a little bit last night trying to find something. Uh, but the first line is great. Obviously, the second line has really really clicked with Patchready Stastny um and uh Mark Stone coming in. But now what Patch Reddy not being there does makes you know moves Tuck from the third line, moves him up, and then impacts what the third line can do. So all of a sudden you don't have that four lines rolling like you did anymore. You're trying to find something, find chemistry on the second line. You're still trying to find something to work on the third line without Alex Tuck. It really impacts like the lineup up and down the order to not have Max Patch ready there. And, and that would happen with anybody from the first or second line if you have to move people around. But we've seen the impact that it had and and how different that can make this team, you know, nationally, if you're looking around, there is a lot of people all of a sudden saying, Hey, Vegas is the best team in the West, and they are going to win the West again. But I don't know if, if that I don't know how much that impacts, not with you know, how much that's impacted by not having Max Patch ready there, I don't think that they would be the favorites anymore in a lot of people's minds if he is not able to play.
0: Yeah, well, I think what we've been talking about the last couple weeks is just how good the depth of their lineup has been since the addition of Mark Stone. The fact that they have Alex Tuck on the third line is such a luxury that few teams have, at least a player of his caliber, so that when other teams try to match up with that third line, they really can't because they don't have guys like Cody Eakin and Alex Tuck on their third lines who can keep up with those guys and just like their fourth line is such a good checking line where it's hard for other teams to kind of keep up with that physicality so all of a sudden you have these four lines that they've been rolling and that's kind of been the you know catchphrase of these past couple weeks is hey we've got four lines rolling right now and teams can't keep up with that well if you remove Alex Tuck from that third line and all of a sudden you've got kind of a collection of I believe last game it was Tomas Nosek and Valentin Zikoff rolling with Cody Eakin that's a less intimidating group to go up against if you're the Sharks if you're the Flames whoever they might end up playing in the playoffs so that's what I think is going to be kind of interesting to monitor because they had had this perfect kind of lineup construction during that winning streak and now all of a sudden you remove a one piece is it like Jenga is that gonna fall apart a little bit is it gonna wobble what's gonna happen you seem like a Jenga guy I do like Jenga. I have very large fingers, so I'm very bad at it. But I enjoy it. Do
1: you like Do you like the giant, like life size Jenga? Or like oh, the absolutely old school
0: one. I crushed the uh, giant Jenga out there uh, <laughs> in downtown. I spent it's, many an evening playing giant Jenga with I, logs. I
1: just feel, I've never seen you there, but I feel like I've always seen you there. Like I just I'm just I'm that there, guy. I, I, I blend just, in. Yeah, I just imagine you. You'll being see out me
0: there. in the backyard with a flannel shirt, just you know, stacking logs.
1: So who? Who is the most important Jenga piece of if the Golden Knights were Jenga? Is it like Flurry obviously I think would be like the base you just wouldn't be able to touch it? Yeah. So that's fair. so who would be the most important piece other than Flurry? Is it I mean, is it a guy like Patrick? We've seen the impact. To me, I mean, I, I would think Mark Stone, because of just everything that he brought, but I think there's also a case to be made about like a, a guy like Nate Schmidt, who we saw early in the season, what happens when he's not there and how much it affects all the defensive pairings.
0: Right. Nate Schmidt's a really good one in terms of how much he covers up on the defensive end and then how much he contributes offensively. He's involved in basically every facet of their game, and I think he's been just such a key for them since he came back from that 20-game suspension. The other guy I would bring up is William Carlson, just because we have never – seen this team basically without William Carlson he's been out there every single game this year playing in every single phase of the game whether it's the penalty kill the power play and of course five on five leading their top line so he's another guy I would think it would be right at the top of my list of he's just so key to everything they do and I guess to me he represents a lot of the kind of identity that this team formed last year of he is really their true breakout star who did not have a lot going for him when he was with the Columbus Blue Jackets, came over here, discovered his game, You know, plays that fast game that really became their style, and of course is so intricately involved in everything they do, seemingly.
1: You think Carlson more important to the first line than Riley Smith? Because, I, I mean, Carlson, we see you know, the, the flash and a lot, everything that he can do and how important he is. Riley Smith just seems to be such a solid, like you don't notice him all the time, but he's just always doing the right thing out there. Like he seems like that kind of guy, so I don't know... I, I feel like he's more—he's more like the glue type of guy, but he's so important to that line.
0: Yeah, I would call him—you know—a glue guy. To use a NCAA uh, tournament yeah. lingo, yeah. I would say William Carlson's close to their RJ Barrett or their Zion Williamson, and okay. you know, Riley Smith's more the Trey Jones. He's just—he okay. wasn't the five-star guy, but he's not flashy, but he keeps it everything together. I like, that. and he's an important piece. Thank you. That's good. Let's put it in college basketball. Shout out to uh, Apple Valley, Minnesota's Trey Jones. <laughs> that helps me. Uh, so. That,
1: that is kind of what is going on around the Golden Knights right now as they gear up for the playoffs. They'll, they'll have their celebration. Like we said, it's Tuesday, probably either tonight, tomorrow, sometime in the next couple of games to get in the playoffs. I don't expect a whole lot of, of hoopla or pomp and circumstance about qualifying for the playoffs because, you know, they've been there before. They expected this. It's not really surprising. Uh, and then they will move on and really hit the home stretch that the game Against San Jose Saturday, we'll see how much it means uh, as far as can they still catch them, but obviously a big opportunity. Uh, But that is a, a big game, again, I think bigger for San Jose to kind of show, hey, the Knights went in there and crushed them. If they have to play again, they've got that confidence. I think San Jose will really want to show, hey... That's not going to happen. You're not going to come in here and push us around. But that does become a pretty big game for you know looking ahead to the playoff preview.
0: Absolutely. And it's not just that game. It's two out of three games this season, the Knights have crushed San Jose. Yeah. They've got a 6 nothing win on there, a 3-2 loss to the Sharks, and then that 7-3 win recently. So I do think in the Sharks' minds, there might be a little bit of, hey, we need to prove that we can hang with this team. This is the team that eliminated us in the playoffs last year, that has kind of schooled us two out of three times this year. And more than, I guess, just the Sharks in general, I think Martin Jones needs to go out there and have a good performance to feel confident that he can take on this team in net. And actually we'll be kind of curious whether uh, Coach Pete DeBoer does put him in net or whether he just says, like, no, 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 save it for the playoffs, man, <laughs> yeah. just in case he doesn't want to get Jones's confidence ruined if he gets shelled again in net in the regular well, season. I just
1: wonder how much worse it can get. Like, I don't know. I, I don't – you know, we're not around him often, so we don't – Really no, I feel like he's a pretty confident guy, but at this point, could you make it worse? I mean, if, like, how, is it is it to the point where he just it just can't you can't impact it anymore? You might as well give him a shot and try to let him build confidence because you know how much lower can it go? Or is he just a guy that's that's always confident? It's not gonna matter. I, I don't know. It's it, it'll be interesting to see who they play in goal. It'll also be interesting to see who the Golden Knights play in goal because we do expect Fleury to be back very soon. They talked about him maybe going on the trip. Uh, this is a back-to-back coming up. They play Friday night here before they play Saturday in San Jose. So is is this a time when we see Fleury back? And do, do they put him in Friday at home? Or do they put you – know, they could still play in both games, but I think it will be interesting to see if that is when he, cho- when he comes back and which of those games he plays.
0: Absolutely, because you want to give him, I think, a couple more games before the regular season ends. Obviously, you don't want him to have a super long layoff between games as we've talked about with Patrucci you want him to work out some of the kinks some of the cobwebs get him out of his head so he's ready and refreshed and for the playoffs and so i'm interested to see what that looks like and how much they are going to kind of play him down the stretch whether they'll play him you know now that he's back are they going to play him almost every game down the stretch or i should say not that he's back he's not officially back yet when he comes back will they play him every game the rest of the way or where they still maybe alternate you know one game on one game off with him with Malcolm Subban just so he gets some extra rest than he would normally get heading into the postseason
1: we've already seen Malcolm Subban play five games and uh I know you were joking that he's being overworked uh down, down the stretch here uh but yeah Subban five five straight for the Knights uh it was going very well and now uh they've stopped scoring for him really so it's been a little difficult the last couple of games but uh i think listen i've always been a malcolm subban guy in the terms in the fact that i think that he could be uh you know i think he could be the goaltender that you know replaces flurry whenever he does decide to uh to go away if you know if that's in the next couple of years and he's still uh with the team i i think he can be a starting goaltender in the nhl but uh, I know that there's not a whole lot of confidence from fans. I know still when he's in the net, you see people on Twitter, oh, that's a loss tonight. But he's actually had quite a bit of success this year. And I think he's shown flashes of being a very, very
0: capable goaltender. His athleticism, I think, is off the charts for the NHL. You see some of the moves he makes on two-on-ones and, you know, on saves that other goaltenders just can't make. I think back to the Winnipeg Jets game recently where Patrick Linek got the puck on the power play in the exact spot where he scores a ton of goals on the power play the left circle and Subin slid across the crease to stop his shot and you just don't see a lot of goaltenders be able to get over quick enough to stop a guy like Patrick He Klain. made a couple
1: of those plays last night too yeah. that were that were fantastic I think the the issue a lot of times is consistency where he'll make like five great saves and then one you're like how did how that get by you I think you still see some of those occasionally.
0: Right. Well even last night he let one go through his armpit basically. Yeah.
1: So I mean that that is the issue uh right now for him and you know, at some point you're not a young goaltender anymore. I mean you are, you know, you're gaining more experience and you don't want to see those things happen. But I I also right. think, you know, that's a guy that sat on the bench an awful lot this year. And it I think those things change a little bit if you get more playing time. Not always. Sometimes you get more playing time and you get exposed more, but I think I think more playing time and more uh, consistent action leads to more consistency uh, as a goaltender. And, I, you know, I think we'll see. But I I don't think – what I don't think we've seen from Malcolm Subban is any, like, red flags of, oh, boy, this is a disaster. Like, I, I think he's been good enough to instill confidence that if you need him to go win a game, he can win a game. And even if he has to play in the playoffs, I, I don't think you're – you know, I don't think you're panicking. I mean, obviously, if, if Marc-Andre Fleury was to get hurt, there would be mass panic among the fan base. But I don't think – that completely disqualifies you from having a chance. Uh, it makes it more difficult. Uh, but, you know, I, I think he's he's shown enough to uh, to have some confidence going forward with him. Not that anybody wants to see anything happen to Marc-Andre Fleury or Fleury be out uh, in an ex- extended period of time. Uh, but they've got, you know, I, I saw... One of the things I saw on uh, Twitter, and I know we, we base way too much on Twitter uh, in this day and age, but I saw people saying... You know, what the, what the Golden Knights really need is a good backup goaltender. And, and you look around and say, yeah, I don't think there's many better backup goaltenders around the league than Malcolm Subban. I think they're fine in that spot.
0: Yeah, I don't think they're in need of a big upgrade at that spot. I think, as we've talked about, Subban has shown some really good flashes in the action he's been there. And I think for any backup goaltender, the key to your performance is always the situation you're placed in. When you don't get starts for sometimes a month, I think there was even a stretch where he didn't get a start for like two months at a time there. That's really, really tough. Like that is not a way to have a guy succeed when you're putting him in that situation, especially because a lot of his early starts this season came on the road.
1: Came on the road in the second half of back-to-backs too.
0: Right, so you've got teammates with tired legs, and of course you're in an unfamiliar environment and just kind of asked to, hey, go out there and you know do what you can do that's not putting a guy in a good position to succeed and it's not setting him up to look well which is why it's I think very tough for him and something that we interested to see if they kind of change how they manage that moving forward yep and we will uh, we'll continue to
1: monitor what is you know the the rest of Marc-Andre Fleury and when he is going to return along with all the other players who have been resting a little bit as we mentioned Golden Knights uh as we are recording this can clinch a playoff spot uh, tomorrow or do it tonight with an Arizona loss. Us uh, so will be on the lookout for that. You can follow all that at ReviewJournal.com. Dave Shane on the road with the Knights right now, so you can follow him on Twitter for all of those updates as they uh, they are practicing today over at uh, at Denver University, and they'll play the Avalanche tomorrow. Uh, follow all of that at ReviewJournal.com. Listen to the podcast each and every week, as we said. Like, share, comment, all of those things uh, up at ReviewJournal.com or wherever you find your podcasts. And uh, hit us up on social media with questions any time of the week. We try to answer those either here on the podcast or on our mailbag that we record on video each week. So plenty of ways to reach us and uh, bring us your questions about the Golden Knights and everything that's going on with this team as we get ready for the playoffs and a ton of coverage, special sections that you can pick up and everything like that uh, wherever you buy your newspapers or magazines they will be out there. Very, very soon as the season comes to an end. But that'll do it for us. For Ben Goats, Adam Hill, the Golden Edge Podcast. We'll be back again next week as we get closer to the playoffs. The stretch run is upon us. Follow the Golden Knights
0: at reviewjournal.com. I've spent many an evening (laughs) playing Giant Jenga with logs.
1: Sugar Ray Leonard. Roberto Duran.